0: Media Unplugged with Tom Asaka and Mark Ramsey.
1: This is a Media Unplugged Extra. I am Mark Ramsey. And I'm Tom Asaka. Tom, um, I had the opportunity a week or so ago to talk to Peter Kafka. Peter is the uh, media uh, editor at uh, Recode. Recode, of course, covers all things technology. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know uh, about Recode, you know about Peter, you know about the people who launched the thing. Kara Swisher, Malt, Malt Wasberg. (laughs) (laughs) Walt, also known as Walt Mossberg and uh, Peter's been uh, covering media and tech for a long time, since 97 and we had an interesting 20-minute conversation on kind of the ins and outs of media what was in, what was out where uh, Twitter stood uh, what deep doo-doo they were in um, and um, uh, Snapchat and some other stuff so I thought it would be cool to kind of share that with the Media Unplugged audience since it's 20 minutes on point Yeah, that'd be great Now, you haven't heard this yet, and I don't remember it, so we're not going to give it much of an introduction (laughs) other than to say, this is from the Hydeo Conference in early June, um, Recode's senior senior editor for media, Peter Kafka, and me, talking media. Here it is. Peter Kafka is senior editor for media at Recode, the digital news platform launched by Kara Swisher and Walt Mossberg. Peter's been covering media and technology since 1997 for Forbes, Forbes Forbes.com, and the brand that has become Business Insider. He's the host of the Recode Media with Peter Kafka podcast, which is terrific, by the way. I strongly recommend it. And the producer of the annual Code Media Conference, which is the one we're... To- well, it's not the one we're talking about, That's right? That's
0: in February. That's the February See you one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, please welcome Peter <clears throat> Kafka. <clapping> Thanks. Peter, you're just back from code. Um, it... it Mary Meeker did her kind of annual State of the State, yep. uh, that, the Kleiner Perkins presentation. Go get it online, it's free. It's That's online, right. it's free, and it's many, many slides, uh, but it's very worthwhile. And I, I wondered, on the basis of that, State of the State is, here's where kind of the state of technology is now compared to a year ago, and here's where <laughs> it's going, and here's our projection, our assessment. Um, without going into all the details of uh-huh. that, what surprised you about that? Um, That is a good trick
0: question because I haven't spent as much time with that slide as I should because I was on stage most of the time. (laughs) I mean, the the thing that people are always drawn by, and this is a yearly thing, it's not a surprise, but people always remark on it, is is Mary will always have a slide that shows we're spending this much time on on digital platforms, video, podcast, whatever it is, Ad dollars are still being spent over in traditional media. are still being spent on print. There's a huge gap. And this is the premise of of pretty much anyone investing time and or money in digital media is, well, the the ad dollars are going to show up on the digital platforms Mm -hmm. eventually. They've been saying that for a decade, now two decades. Um, And it is moving very, very, very slowly. I think Howard just said the projection for podcasting is $36 bucks Mm -hmm. next year. I mean, it takes a long time to move the ad dollars. The eyeballs always move ahead. Um, So that can be frustrating if you're in the digital platform business, but it's also a huge opportunity. And that's the thing that the one slide everyone
1: remarks on year after year. The fact that that is there every year, year after year, leads me to wonder, is that an assumption on her part? I I mean, we say, well, because usage is here and ad dollars are here, invariably, ad dollars will reach usage.
0: Is that necessarily true? I don't think it's ever going to equal out. I think, I think um, just because there's a ton of people watching digital video doesn't mean that every dollar is going to move over from TV. Um, and by the way, the, the old platforms aren't going away right. for a long time. Um, that said, there's just still an enormous amount of opportunity. So even if a little bit moves over, a lot of folks are going to do well.
1: Okay. The biggest gap, as I recall, is in mobile. It always seems to be in mobile, right, mobile, yep. between usage and, and ad dollars. And,
0: and, and, and digital video. I mean, you hear a lot of talk about, well, oh, there's going to be a flight of, of money moving over from, from TV to video. It's not happening
1: yet. Mm. On mobile in particular, it's complicated by the fact that, you know, the, the real estate is, is proportionately different. And I wonder what your attitude is about, you know, what the mechanism is that's going to make that gap decrease. I mean, here in the audio space, we could say, well, audio is, you know, a natural complement to mobile because it requires no real estate. Yeah, I mean, no one has really figured it out. The two companies that own almost all
0: m- mobile advertising are, are Facebook and Google. Facebook stumbled into it, right? They uh, mm-hmm. they don't really want to present it this way, but they... Remember when they went public just a few years ago, I think it was four years ago, they didn't have a mobile advertising plan. They had literally no money for mobile. Everyone sort of realized that and freaked out. Uh, and what turn things around for them are, are this really kind of clunky ad called a mobile app install ad. These are ads for Clash of Clans and, and uh, what's the other one? Anyway, you guys all know what these ads are. Um, and that has been powering their business. Facebook would like Toyota and all the folks who sell stuff on TV to figure out some way of putting their ads on Facebook, but they're not doing it yet. Um, so again, there's this big gap between what Facebook would like to have and, and where they are now. That said, they're still generating billions of dollars, so they're okay in the right. meantime.
1: What do you think is going to close that? I mean, what's the trigger going to be? What's going to change that gap?
0: I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I would love to know. If I knew, I would probably not be sitting here, just sitting <laughs> on a big pile of cash myself.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I won't take that personally. Um, you know, as you, because of your podcast, because of all your writing, all your work, you know obviously media is exploding, brands, even consumers are media today. Yeah. Um, uh, something Andy said to me, Andy Bowers said to me out there was, in the future, everyone's going to have a podcast for 15 minutes. Yep. Um, everyone's a media maker. Some have argued that we've reached peak TV. What do you think we've reached peak media? Uh, we might. I mean, you could have said that 10 years ago about blogging, right? Everyone
0: was everyone was a blogger for 10 or 15 minutes until they realized no one was reading their blog. It's very, it's very depressing <laughs> to create content that no one's going to consume. And I think everyone who's jumping into blogging is going to figure that out pretty quickly because mm-hmm. there's only a handful of things that are going get to cons- get consumed. Um, as a consumer, it's great. This is the best time ever to consume media. Yeah. Um, for certain kinds of media creators, it's great because there's a lot of opportunity. You can do things for very low cost that are very effective and engaging. There's also a lot of dumb money sloshing around right now. I mean, Anyone can, make a, anyone can sell a video show to Verizon. Um, if you guys have any idea for any kind of video go to Verizon <laughs> right now, they will buy it from you. Um, they're just pouring money into this stuff because uh. they don't know what works and they don't know how to do it. Um, and eventually they're either going to figure it out or stop doing it. But right now there is a boomlet for, again, video, I think probably for, for audio as well.
1: That's interesting you say that because I, I, I've wondered about that relative to a lot of the over-the-top stuff, over-the-top video stuff, whether these are just, is it dumb money? Is it smart experiments? Is it just toe in the water? What are these things? All
0: all of the above, right? So Netflix didn't have original content a couple years ago. Now they're spending billions of dollars on it. They're here for real. Mm -hmm. Amazon is getting into it, spending billions of dollars, but they're really... Still, sort of toe in the water. I mean, they're doing Woody Allen projects, and Woody Allen literally has no idea what he's making for them. Um, they're spending <laughs> three hundred million dollars on Top Gear, and they're just sloshing money around. But uh-huh. and, you know, one of the, Jeff Bezos is a very serious guy. He's going to figure it out. Um, I don't know that Verizon is going to be in this business in a couple of years ago. If mm-hmm. they don't, in a couple of years, if they can't figure it out. But for now, they're you know, they spent four billion on AOL. They're going to spend another four, or six billion on Yahoo. Um, they think there's a thing out
1: there that they're going to figure out. So there's gonna, they're going to pour a lot of money into this for a while. How do you see the Yahoo story? Uh, what do you see as the next chapter of the Yahoo story? And don't tell me if you knew it, you'd be sitting on a big pile of money. No, so, I,
0: I think Verizon buys Yahoo. I think it's that boring um, and, and unexciting in the end. And I think they combine it with AOL, which they've been talking about doing for years, and they end up having one big platform that slowly uh, goes away. <laughs> That, no that sounds one, no like one, a great deal yeah, no they're, 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 they're old no one has ever turned around a consumer facing internet business once the, That's once an consumers point. once consumers decide they don't want to go to this website anymore, they stop going or they' or they go there habitually or because they don't know how to literally how to like change the browser um, but no one has ever taken a declining internet brand the consumer facing internet brand priceline sort of an exception and gotten people to re engage with it um, and i don't imagine that that uh I mean, AOL didn't do that, um, and Yahoo's been trying to do it for years. There's no sense that they're going to be able to pull that off.
1: What has surprised you? I mean, you've been covering media now for years. What has surprised you most in that time? Um, I mean, I don't think we saw Facebook coming. We saw it
0: coming, and we took it as we thought that was a joke, and remember when we were throwing sheep? when you used Facebook, and they were poking, and it was something college kids used, and it, it sort of crept up. Um, while we weren't taking it seriously and now has eaten the world and um, that's a good lesson I think for people like me to sort of pay more attention, be more mindful to the stuff um, that is growing sort of right in front of your eyes even, if it's, even as you're not paying attention to it. Um, I think everyone now has learned that lesson to some degree with Snapchat, so they're paying an overwhelming amount of attention to that, which again didn't exist a couple of years ago. Um, now people are paying enormous attention to the rise of that company.
1: Um, do you think people are paying too much attention
0: to Snapchat? It's a good question. Um, I mean, there's definitely a a sense that is, we think it's a hot club, all the kids are in the hot club, all the old people like me literally can't even understand where the club is, (laughs) where the door is, how to make the thing work. Um, So that makes it more enticing. And again, if you're an advertiser, of course you want to throw money at that thing. Um, I was just talking to one of the investors in Snapchat, they just raised $1.8 billion. We no longer even like, that's no longer a big deal. (laughs) Because <laughs> um, the same day they announced that uh, Uber raised three point five billion dollars, numbers are crazy. Um, but he said, "Well, no. That what has to happen for his investment to work is Snapchat has to grow three x from where it is today. Mm-hmm. It's hard to imagine that Snapchat is going to grow three x, which means eventually the old people like me have to show up, and that the kids who are there will want to be there with me. Want to stay there with me? Come you. on." Yeah. Um, and it's hard to imagine how it'll work, but like we just said, that, did, that has worked with Facebook. Facebook has been able to grow at an amazing pace and continue to, continue to hold on to its users.
1: Not so much with Twitter. How do you see that playing out? Twitter stuck.
0: Um, so I just interviewed Jack Dorsey, and I tried to get him to say, when are you going to unstick it? And the answer is... He doesn't know. Um, that's not the, probably the best answer. And he can't say that out loud. <laughs> um, it's a great, awesome platform. I'm, I use it probably way too much. I think it's got 300 million people on it. It's, it's yeah. a big platform. Um, I think their mistake was a number of years ago, they said, we are going to be as big as Facebook. And they've got an ad business that's built on that premise. They've got mm. a Wall Street valuation that's built on that premise, and they're never going to be able to fulfill that. So. I think at some point they're gonna have to accept they're a smaller company and and a vital
1: one but live with that. Mm. Why did Recode launch a series of podcasts? Why go down that path?
0: Uh, I wanted to do it for years. Um, Why? uh, I loved listening to podcasts. I was listening to to Adam Carolla's podcast when he was starting out and Bill Simmons. I loved consuming media that way. I loved on-demand media that I could get whenever I wanted to. Everyone knows why podcasts are great. Um, and a couple years ago as we were launching Recode, I said, this is a good time for us to try to do this. We had a false start. Uh, we went to talk to Bob Pittman about, Should we, you know, what do you think of this podcasting idea? Uh, he said, don't do it. Do radio. <laughs> so we did <laughs> Why a, would he say that? I can't imagine why he would <laughs> say that. So we did this, this <laughs> terrible uh, test show in San Francisco on Sunday night. And it sounded like that. That's bad. a great night for shows, sounded right? sounded like gang?
1: Ba- And it sounded like bad radio. That's where everybody puts their best shows, Sunday yeah. night. It was great. Um, and
0: it was everything <laughs> that we do poorly, sort of in one hour. Um, and so we stopped that. And now we're doing what we do well, which is we talk to people. Mm-hmm. We have great access. We know how to do interviews. It um, maps 100% to podcasts. We're not... One day we're gonna try to do other stuff that's not a straight interview. Um, but that is what we are strongest at. Um, and so it's been... Really, fairly easy for Kara and myself to sort of move into podcasting. Um, if you can do it on stage, you should be able to do it in a studio. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. What is the unique, from your perspective, as a, a podcast host? What is the power of audio to you? I mean, what does that mean to you?
0: Uh, I love the intimacy, um, both um, the actual conversation, and this is pretty intimate. But when mm-hmm. you're when you remove the audience, it gets even more intimate. And then also, obviously, as a listener, right? It's it's in your head. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that, and I love that it also gives you the option to, you can consume this while you are in route, while you're working out, while you're doing so. It allows you to multitask, but it still commands your attention, which is
1: a pretty cool trick Mm. in a way that video doesn't, right? You have to watch the video. Right. Um, There seems to be an unending appetite for scale in digital. Uh, everyone wants to... Uh, there's no such thing as big enough. You talked about the, the investment rounds, as there's, yep. no, the, there's no such thing as too high. Um, the same is true of reach. The same is true of scale. Um, what does that mean when everyone's chasing BuzzFeed-style numbers and ultimately only BuzzFeed can achieve them? Yeah, what does that mean for other media companies? Ultimately, it's Facebook,
0: right? right. Um, um, Facebook. Facebook. My employer, Vox Media... Uh, is, is in chasing scale, uh, which means going to where your audience is, which means they're on Facebook, maybe they're on Snapchat, maybe they're on Google. It's, it means that you are really at the mercy of a handful of big platforms and distributors. Um, that's not a new idea. Um, mm-hmm. I'm old enough to remember when Yahoo was a big deal, and if you were in web publishing, you, the main job was to get on the homepage of Yahoo, and they would send you traffic. And prior to that, it was AOL. And then for a long time, everyone who's doing web publishing had built a business around Google. Um, And now it has shifted to Facebook. The big question for us is, does Facebook get supplanted by something else? History suggests yes. On the other hand, Facebook is at a scale that we've never seen before. It's Mm -hmm. 1.6 billion people um, using it worldwide. And so maybe it doesn't get supplanted. But either way, we have to spend a lot of time trying to figure out how can we get our stuff distributed via Facebook and other platforms.
1: You and a lot of other publishers are in the same boat there. You yep. talk to a lot of those other publishers. How are people dealing with this, con- this, this, this perceived conflict of the more I depend on Facebook, the more I'm dependent on Facebook?
0: Right. So this was a big debate a year ago, a year and a half ago. Maybe we shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't be in the business of giving all our stuff to Facebook and publishing our mm-hmm. stuff on Facebook and depending on Facebook for monetization because really we're going to be at their mercy. That debate's over. We're just doing it. Um, That's
1: true generally, right?
0: Yeah, and so and broadly, everyone, everyone has moved towards that yeah. idea. There's no longer debate about it, and we all know we're on a roller coaster, and it's going to move around, and th- the hope is um, it's better than standing still. I talked to a BuzzFeed investor, because there, there was a question about uh, BuzzFeed had to lower its revenue estimates. And the, the, I want to get the quote right, this was an investor, who said, they're driving 60 miles an hour in the dark without their
1: headlights on. Mm -hmm. He said, but that's better than them not driving, so (laughs) I'll take it. Uh, You had a guest on your podcast, Mm -hmm. Hunter Walk, co-founder of Homebrew, and he argued that podcasts should not be free, that they should be available by subscription. Is it too (laughs) late for that? And will p- listeners even pay for, will they even pay for content the way listen- or viewers to video do? No, I don't, I don't think it's too late to, to
0: sell podcasts. Uh, I think it might be too early. Tell um, me, what do you mean I think by you that? need to get a lot more people interested in the idea of podcasts. Um, I think it's a pretty small audience right now. Um, and then at some point you can say, here's a free version, here's a premium version. People will pay for stuff. Um, people pay 10 bucks, there's 50 million people paying for Netflix in this country. Um, There's lots of paid subscription services out there that that work. Um, You just need to deliver value. Um, And so I think we will have a paid tier of podcasting at some point.
1: Uh, As part of that conversation, Hunter also argued that the term podcasting was part of the problem. The whole kind of Apple ecosystem uh, the association with Apple. Hunter is very sequences. smart,
0: but I disagree. I think I, I think, want to hear. About I think.
1: That. Well, I think podcasting is as name is fine. Everyone can figure it out.
0: Um, again, the, the notion that Apple, again in this case, is 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 such a dominant distributor mm-hmm. is a problem. Um, if if you're hopeful, you say, well, it's still it's a relatively small audience. Most people aren't getting podcasts at all, so maybe they will start getting them through Amazon or Google or other places. Um, I, I'm not that hung up on it. I mean, I think again, there's. You guys all know the reason that that Apple is a problem on the ad side. Um, I think this stuff gets resolved over time. I think the bigger problem is who's going to make stuff that people want to listen to. The rest of it sorts itself out.
1: Are you uh, surprised or uh, do you think it's just a process of evolution that there aren't more people even now consuming on-demand audio content just as there are on-demand video content?
0: Someone's got to show you, hey, there's this thing. I'm going to put it on your phone for you and this is how you're going to consume it. And until they do that, you don't know that it exists. Mm-hmm. Or every, you, know, you read about cereal and then you go and spend time trying to figure out how to get it from iTunes. It's not very difficult. Everyone's on a computer. Everyone can Google. Um, but until someone says, I'm listening to this thing, it's great, you've got to try it,
1: you're not going to do it. So you're saying it's an awareness and a word of mouth problem primarily? Yeah. That leads to my last question, which is which is more important, the quality of the content or the quality of the distribution? What's the content?
0: You cannot make someone watch or listen to something they don't want to watch Anymore. or listen. Ever. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> you could, right? In the old days, you could. You had three channels, you watched whatever was on. There are still networks based on that idea that, that, they're, that, you know, that, that someone doesn't have a remote, and they're unable to change the <laughs> channel. Um, but you know, my kids are seven and a half and six. They've lived entirely in an on-demand world. Um, when we're reading a book to them, they say, pause the book. Um, <laughs> they've never heard an audio ad, right? They've only listened to Spotify. Um, occasionally, I'll have a, a sports... I'll be watching something and they'll see an ad and they'll ask me what that thing is, because they've never seen an ad. Um, so somewhere between them and where we are now is, is where we're going, right? It's gonna be an on-demand world. You get what you want. The idea of having to wait for it goes away.
1: Uh, so the question is, what do you want? So what does that mean for the people in the business of linear audio content now, the broadcast business, the, you know, the, what does it mean for, for media brands like that? Well,
0: if, you, if, if, you're, if, you're, if your timeline is five years or less, great, because you're making a lot of money, you're gonna keep making a lot of money. If you want to build something that's gonna be around in 10 years or 15 years, it's terrifying. Um, you know, it's not a coincidence that most people running the big networks are in their late 50s or early 60s and aren't going to be around to to steer these businesses in 10 years. I mean, You're seeing a version of this with Viacom where everyone's focused on on the the gory parts of the Sumner Redstone story, but the real story is that they haven't moved that business for 10 years. They've operated as if nothing's changing. Um, So whoever runs Viacom in a month or two months is going to have this collection of assets that has just been unchanged during this entire digital revolution.
1: Based on the people that you've talked to over the years, do you do you get a sense of what happens in five years to these big broadcast companies? I mean what are the strategies that they need to employ based on the people you've talked to? Do you have any hints? Oh no, they're just they're just hoping that it all goes away. I know. I'm asking what they should do.
0: Uh, if you would try to disrupt yourself, right? But no one ever wants to do this. I mean, the music business is still selling CDs. Half of their sales are still Mm -hmm. coming from CD sales. It is very hard to actually go ahead and say, we're going to blow up our business model. We're going to take a hit this year and next year as we completely rethink the way we do business. No one really wants to do that for obvious reasons. And yet if they don't, if they don't, they usually still get paid really well until they <laughs> turn the job off to somebody else. Um, I mean, the, the, the flip side of this, right, is the, is the disruptors, the Napsters of the mm-hmm. world, uh, generally make much less money than the companies they're blowing up. Um, so they destroy a lot of market value. They destroy companies. And like we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation, the, the money doesn't sort of pass on to them necessarily. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's an interesting story.
1: Everybody should listen to Peter Kafka's amazing, wonderful podcast on Recode. Uh, Recode is a super destination and the code (laughs) conferences are awesome as well. Thank you, Peter Kafka, for being here. Thank you.